This episode of Pompey Talk is brought to you in association with Portsmouth.co.uk. To stay in the know about everything happening at Fratton Park, including the latest news, analysis and transfer updates, take out an online Pompey subscription with the Portsmouth News today at portsmouth.co.uk forward slash subscriptions. Hello and welcome to Pompey Talk, the news podcast. I'm Jordan Cross, joined by Head of Sport, Mark McMahon, to bring you bang up to speed with the latest from Fratton Park. It's a very special Pompey Talk this week as we are joined by none other than Blues boss Danny Cowley as he gives a candid insight into his start to life as Pompey boss. Danny reflects on the ups and downs to his managerial tenure to date and adapting to life in the city with his brother Nicky and their families. There's insight too on a 3-0 midweek win over Bournemouth and the prospect of plundering Arsenal for more talent in the months ahead. We're now available from wherever you download your podcast, so give us a listen, like and subscribe to get each edition downloaded to your device and keep your finger firmly on the PO4 Pulse at portsmouth.co.uk. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Pompey Talk, a special edition. We don't need to introduce just Jordan Cross, forget about Jordan Cross. We've actually got the star man of Pompey, Mr. Danny Cowley. Thank you Danny so much for joining us. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. It's great to speak to you both. Good stuff. Well, Danny, like, we'll, we'll start lightheartedly. Well, it's going to be lighthearted the whole way through, but let's go up to the lighthearted. The guys come back to me every press day and say, Danny wouldn't shut up. He just, I just asked him one question and it took him five minutes to answer it. He basically wanted to know, whenever you haven't put the bins out at home and the missus asks you, Danny, why is the bins not out? Do you go off on a, a long-winded answer when basically you can just say yes or no to it? <laughs> yeah, I've got a, I've got a habit of being able to yeah meander and waffle around. The, it's normally when I don't don't want to answer the question that's been asked. I talk long enough to hope that the person that asked the question has forgotten what the question was, and I can actually answer <laughs> what I want to say, and I can say what I want to say rather than what you want to hear maybe I don't know but yeah it's um it's a skill that I don't know if I was born with or I've developed since I've been a football manager but I'm probably doing exactly what you're criticizing <laughs> for. I'll, I'll be quiet Kenny Jacket had a, a way of boring people to death with his answers trying to talk technical and, and sort of way make people nod off but I'm not saying you're making people nod off but at the same time too yeah you, you do like to go on <laughs> You're not motivating me for this podcast whatsoever. I'm going to be like, yes, no, no comment. That's all you get from me now. Look, if you've got if you've got Neil Adam firing questions at you, the old straight back comes often comes out. Yeah, yeah. I, I do, yeah, especially with Neil, I feel like yeah, probably um, yeah, yeah, a cricketer in a in a five-day test match and probably yeah, trying trying to save him for sure. Jeffrey Boycott maybe probably a probably a bit old for most of your listeners but 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 yeah yeah definitely um straight back sometimes that that's what that's what you have to do it's frustrating is it because I've been a football supporter so you just want to be able to tell the truth to be honest isn't you? I love just to be able to tell you exactly what what is happening um and shoot from the hip but but sometimes we have to uh yeah dress up what we say I suppose well, I was just going to say I, I... 
But it was your 25th game in charge last week, if you include the end of last season, Dan, which surprised me, at least it's gone quick. But I was looking back to yeah. the videos when you came in in March, and you looked really fresh. You looked really, you know, invigorated and full of vitality. And then I looked at the video from the Sunderland game, and I, <laughs> the, uh, there was a few more bags under the eyes and uh, the strains yeah. and rigours of a football manager coming to the fore, I guess, is it? When, when you set this podcast up, you said to me, I'll be really relaxed, really light-hearted. <laughs> so far, you're having a right go at me for the way that I um, answer questions. And now you're going me for my appearance. I've just had a haircut. First haircut in about 12 weeks. It's not easy when you, um, yeah, literally since March, my mine and Nikki's life hasn't stopped. It's been 24-7 Pompey. Um, and I promised myself when I was... Mm. When I when when I left Huddersfield, that next time I come into work into in, in, into football management, I was going to give myself enough self care and look after myself and make sure I found enough time in the day to exercise and and all these things that are important. But unfortunately, the nature of the job you just get immersed in it, and it's there's always something else that you can do. And you know, particularly in terms of preparing for, for opponents, there's always more work that you can you can do. So we can't. Can't leave it alone, unfortunately. So all the self-care goes out the window and we get get pretty focused on, on the job at task. Wow. You spoke about the Burton game as well, didn't you? And getting back late and a lack of sleep and then a few hours. And yeah, that's the that's kind of your you know, the loss of you being far in your job, isn't it? Is it kind of just everything else takes a backward step? You're off to the Tesco Express to get a ready meal and come back and <laughs> do that kind of thing. Yeah. When we arrived in March, Nikki and I were staying in Gunwolf, so we had a little apartment between us, which was nice. Um, and then once we got to, the, our children were still in Lincoln with our wives and they were finishing school. And we were obviously coming towards the end of the season. The games, because it was a, a pandemic hit season, were coming thick and fast. So it, it allowed us to comp- keep, keep complete focus on, on this job, which was good. Then in the summer, our wives come and joined us. And um, yeah, so I've been waiting to move into my house. But while we were waiting, it went on a bit longer than we anticipated. So all four of us have been in a two-bedroom flat in, uh, in Gunwalk. So that was pretty, pretty cosy. Um, but, but no, we, we, we worked through it. We, we moved into our new house last Monday, which was, which was nice and... Um, yeah, certainly feel a little bit more settled now. I suppose in terms of, yeah, in terms of lack of sleep, that just comes with a with, with the job. Um, and I, I, I think really there's no shortcuts to where we want to go. So we know that that if we want to have the success that this football club deserves, and certainly our supporters deserve, then we um, we've got to work relentlessly hard. Yeah, you said it's a hard, tough, 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 tough week. Tough week last week, Dan, and it, it was, wasn't it? Um, you said it was one of the toughest of your life. Is it, it, it was. It was difficult with a happy ending, I guess. Yeah, it was a tough week for sure. Um, <clears throat> it actually played really well against Charlton and hadn't got our rewards. Then um, really disappointing display against against Burton. Um, and yeah, it felt like a tough week. I think they always feel like tough weeks when you've. You know, I've been lucky. This is my fifteenth year as a football manager and. We've been lucky to to be on the right side of most weeks. Um, and I think what we've done well in our career today is when we have had difficult moments, we've been able to work out the whys and make sure that we we, we put it right and, and not let those weeks turn into months. Um, 
so yeah, no, it'd been a tough one for sure, the toughest of our career really, um, leading into the Sunderland game, and it was good obviously to get a good performance on on Saturday and 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 an important victory. Danny, do you ever and and, and during that run, and obviously the Sunderland game brought that ten in, but at any point do you question your methods, do you question the philosophy, the players that you brought in? How easy is it to, to actually start, yeah, seriously questioning what you're actually standing for? Well, I think what you should always do in a moment of disappointment is, I always say to the players, you have two choices. You either look in the mirror or you look out the window. Um, for us, it's always to look in the mirror. I think the easiest person always to, to affect is, is yourself. Um, we always know that we're going to work really hard. We believe in our skill sets. Uh, we don't get everything right, that is for sure. And when you don't get it right, you have to be accountable. You have to take responsibility. And I think if, you, if you're willing to do that and you've got the confidence to do that, then um, actually you come to the right answers much quicker. Uh, if you bury your head in the sand and blame everybody else, then sometimes you endure the pain for longer. So, so certainly that, that is something, you know, part of our culture here really at, at the football club. We, we really want the players to, to be responsible, players to be accountable. Um, and, and it's always part of learning, isn't it? And even in defeat, in the most disappointing moments, if you can learn from those, those experiences, then actually they can be turned into a, into a, positive, experience, or a positive experience down the line. And I think that, that is what we what we what we always see, and we understand elite sport. You know the, the nature of it. There are ups and downs, and I think a wise person once said to me, "Don't take the highs too high and the lows too low." I think it's probably easier said than done. Sometimes, as an emotional guy, you can yeah you can live the roller coaster, but you have to be careful because if you get too caught up on it, then then you you don't always see the wood from the trees. So it's important that we. Um, we find that 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 balance wherever possible. Seeing the seeing the result and the performance come together last weekend certainly made for a nicer week for Pompey supporters for everyone I'm sure as well. But when there's an international break, it's a bit crap, isn't it? It's just. <laughs> what, the, what, what have you been doing all week, Dan? Have you just been watching box sets? You know, there's nothing else to do, is there? <laughs> yeah, no, we've been we've been in. So we've trained all week. Um, they've had a they've had a tough week, and rightly so. Um, we played Bournemouth on Wednesday um, in a behind closed doors game so we had the boys that have been playing they trained but Wednesday very much was our physical day this week so the boys that trained they stayed and they did um, lots of uh, high lots of high intensity work lots of actions per minute smaller numbers smaller dimensions because that's what they needed to sharpen their tools and then our finishers as we call them the boys that that, that haven't been starting the games. They went to Bournemouth and we had a training game there. We played a, a really strong Bournemouth team, actually. They were they were literally, they had a few on international break. Gary Cahill didn't play, but other than that, they were they were flat out. Um, and yeah, they I think that whole all of their team had played in the championship this year. And we 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 managed to beat them 3-0, which was really good. Um Gassan got a couple of goals, George Hurst scored. So we had a we had a really positive Positive Wednesday. Um, Michael Jacobs played well. Paul Downey played well. Rico played well. There was a lot of good performances within the group. We had three or four of our academy players with us as well, um, and they did just great. I mean, they're playing against top top championship players, so mm. that was a um, that was a good day for us. 
Thursday, we then come in and Thursday, off the back of a physical day, we did some restarts and some set piece work. And the boys, um, we then took the boys go-karting in the afternoon. Just Again, it's just important that we spend time together. We're a new group. Um, Who won? And, well, it was good, actually. We did a Grand Prix. It's fantastic. Um, in gospel, with a go go-kart, indoor go-karting track there. And, uh, yeah, it was a really good day. The boys enjoyed spending a bit of time together. The staff, well, not me and Nicky, but the rest of the staff, competed with them um, and they had, yeah, they had a qualifying period to decide who, who was on the grid and where they were in the grid and then we had a, had a Grand Prix. Jack Hughes, our sports scientist, um, he, um, he won it. Yeah. He, he's a member of that go-karting club. So it was a oh, little come bit off it. <laughs> But we didn't tell the boys that before beforehand. Ryan Tunnicliffe was the first player. Um, he's, a, he's an F1 nut. So he... Um, He's got the need for speed. He, uh, yeah, he, he, he won it. But that, most importantly, they spent some time together. This is all part of building relationships. And, you know, I've been lucky enough to have a number of promotions in my career. And when I look back at all of those groups, you're always looking back and thinking, what were the qualities? What were the defining qualities of each group? And the spirit of togetherness and the human relationships is always a big part of all of those groups. So I would say it was the one common common factor in all of those groups actually was the way that they'd come together not just on the pitch but off the pitch as well and we have to keep working at this and um yeah we had a good Thursday and then yeah we were back in this, this morning um and I had a I had a tough day today and then they had some some <coughs> leg strength work in the gym and that's uh that sets up nicely for the for the weekend. How hard is it Danny to get that that togetherness in that group especially a new group like yours is at the moment, all completely new set of players there. Is it is it hard going? And does it take time? I just think you have to work at it. Yeah, you know, the best the best relationships are human relationships are give and take. They only develop over time. The more time you can spend together, I think if you with the right work, you can accelerate the process. But but ultimately it's it, it's time. It's not something you can really manufacture or force. That you try to create the opportunities and the experiences, and you hope that they kind of, um, yeah, they they, they 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 kind of merge together really. And um, yeah, we've got we've got an interesting group, all different experiences, um, and and yeah, it's it's up to us all to 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 really work at it, and not just the staff, the players as well. And I think that they're you know there's a real focus on us doing that and, and it will only help us going forward, that is for sure. You, 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 know, you know our spies get everywhere, Danny. You, you've been there a few months now, aren't you? <laughs> but there was, our spies told that there was a recruitment meeting last night, wasn't there, with, with yourself and, was it Michael and maybe Annie? How, how did that go? Yes. Yeah, there was. God, you do know everything. Um, yeah, that's just a, a, monthly, um, a monthly recruitment meeting that we, that, that we have. Um, <laughs> And and yeah, it was it was really productive. Obviously, off the back of the last window shutting, I think there's always an opportunity to do do a review, review your process and the model and the way of working, review the decisions that you've made, um, and also um, look towards the, the the next window. And um, yeah, it's a forever evolving piece of work. Really, we 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 only arrived mid March, so we were really behind going into the summer window. Yeah. We hadn't. 
we hadn't the, the necessary preparation work that we would have liked to have had in place, um, particularly with how the season finished and how busy it was. So um, we kind of had to play catch up all summer. Um, obviously, there was quite a lot of change at the club. Uh, with Andy Cullen particularly coming in as, as the new CEO for Mark Catlin. Um, and, and yeah, it, it's the first summer that we, we had with the football club. It's the first summer that Andy Cullen had as a CEO. And naturally, there's a, you know, you, you're trying to work, you're trying to build these relationships with, within, the, within the football club and also trying to find a way of working that, that suits everybody. Um, and yeah, there's been loads, lots of learning to take place off, off of the back of that. And it's just important that we, we review intelligently so that we can um, find out what, was, what worked, what we did well and find the areas where, where hopefully we can improve in the future. So with, with an eye on January and then you ought to play windows in front with, with recruitment, I guess, next summer as well. Is that planning ahead a couple of windows at a time? Absolutely. That, you, you know, you want to try to be try to plan for the next three windows. That's what you're always trying to do. Um, the nature of being a League One club at the moment, the majority of players are on relatively short contracts. Um, so you're always aware of that. And whether you're, you know, you're discussing players that are coming out of contract or you're discussing potential, potential targets, we're pretty clear. And the, the longer you spend at a club, the more clear and the better feel you have for it. Even, you know, even though we managed at the back end of last season at Fratton Park, there was no supporters in the stadium. And the difference there's been to managing at Fratton Park in the in the 2021 season, as there has been to this season, is, is huge. And we're just starting to understand exactly what the supporters want um, and what it feels like to manage at Fratton Park on a Saturday at three o'clock, what it feels like to... Like it's a magical experience under lights, isn't it, at Fratton Park and how that feels and exactly what they want. And because you're always trying to complement what you have already at the club. And the one defining factor for, for Portsmouth in League One is, is our support base and that kind of unique atmosphere that could be created, not just at home, but away as well. Um, and yeah, yeah. So for, it's, it's for us just to keep learning. And I think... The first window is always your toughest window, um, for sure. And yeah, it, it certainly gets easier the longer you spend at the club. How's, how hard has it been with, with Michael Eisner, the fact that your chats with him have been for, last time was at Pompey was February 2020 with the pandemic. So <clears> how, how's that with you, when your relationships are conducted by, by Zoom and those conversations you have with Michael, how's that work? Well, I think, you know, the, the great thing, you know, that I suppose has, that has come out of this awful pandemic is the, the way we are now able to better communicate um, from afar. Um, it's certainly not ideal. You know, your, your ideal would always to be able to meet pe people in person and to sit, sit around a table and discuss and talk and then you can feel the temperature in the room. You get a bit, much better feel when understanding this. It, there's, no, there's no hiding place that, that would be the, the ideal. We don't live in an ideal at the moment. It's through no fault of anyone's that, that Michael hasn't been able to, to come over. I know I know all the guys, you know, mm. are all really, really keen to, to, to come over come over at the earliest opportunity. Um, but the restrictions don't allow it at the moment. Um, and what we have to do is find the best way of working in the current circumstance. And, you know, Michael and um, the whole family, really, and, you know, include people like Andy Redmond, 
as as part of that have just been brilliant since the day that you know I remember when we first spoke to them you know we were sold within 15 20 minutes just in terms of them as people just um, really good people with the club's best interests at heart have a long-term vision for the football club um you know, you've seen what they're, you know, what they're willing to do off the back of a pandemic where reportedly they, they were losing maybe 750 grand a month. Mm. You know, for us to come out of that, um, not in debt, for us to come out of that and buy our own training ground in the city of Portsmouth and also then spend a huge amount of money on the, on the, the redevelopment of Fratton Park, you know, su- you know suggests... The, the, the vision and suggest the focus that they have to, to make this this football club um, and take this football club back to where it deserves. They, they've always promised that they will run it in a sustainable way. Um, and, and, you, and you have to respect that. And the fact that they are, you know, constantly um, investing in the club's infrastructure is so positive for the long-term future of the football club. You see so many um, owners just invest in the team and yeah, that can create short-term success, but it can create long-term problems as we are witnessing and observing. In the, in the, you know, you look at a number of clubs in the championship at the moment that, yeah. that are in are in in dire straits financially, and I think there'll be more clubs at that level that will will join them in the coming months. So you know, we 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 understand. I'm a football supporter. I know that everyone wants success tomorrow. We get that. Um, but I think that everybody should know that we are we are a club that has outstanding owners and with real business acumen and that really care about the long term future of the club and I and I and I genuinely believe that and um, feel really comfortable um, saying that. Danny, when you have owners who you are want you do have that sustainability approach, they are in playing a lot of money into the infrastructure of the, the team. As a football manager, you say, we all want results on the pitch. Do you ever feel tempted to pick up the phone, Dandy, call and say, come on, give me an extra couple of thousand in here, I need this player? Is it, do you ever feel that urge or do you, do you restrain yourself from going down that route? I think for, for us, it's, it's, it, I believe it's always the club's um, responsibility to tell us what's, what's affordable and it's, it's our responsibility to tell them what's good value. And that's how we that's how we see the relationship. And um, you know, they've given us clarity from the beginning. We've known exactly what we've got to work with um, in this season, um, and we are working and trying to do our very very best within the 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 the, the, the constraints that we're set. And we, um, you know, we we we've had clarity from day dot. There's you know, which is so important for us as. As, as a manage, management team to know exactly what we've got because um, then we can then look at it and try to identify the very, very best value moving forward. And this, the, the summer was the toughest window that I've ever lived. Um, one, because we had so much work to do. We probably didn't envisage having as much work as we, we ended up having. We lost some players that we didn't want to lose. No hiding place from that. Um, I think... We come off the back of a pandemic. We couldn't really read what the market was going to look like. Um, the championship wasn't spending any money yet. There was a lot of new owners in the in the in League One, and there was a number of clubs that were being really really aggressive um, because there was very little money spent in the championship. There was very little um, movement 
um, either in or actually out. So there was only a very small amount of players that were that, that were probably available to us that were competent and confident enough to to be able to play for for a club like Portsmouth. So um, yeah, it was a, it was it was a tough window. I anticipate certainly that it becoming easier in the next two windows. Um, and and yeah, I think we'll be in a much much better position as 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 the January window unfolds and then the summer window unfolds. It felt like you um, had to stay quite headstrong in your mentality about recruitment this summer. You could have probably gone out and got fifty players that you've easily signed them, but actually players that could handle the the, the qualities needed to play for Portsmouth Football Club. You had to kind of stay strong and patient. Did, did it pay? You feel like it pay off in, in in the end? The likes of Joe coming in and and, and Warren Tunnicliffe and these players with real qualities. Yeah, well, we we ended. You know, for us, the idea was to have your squad in place for for June the twenty eighth when we come back in pre season. The truth was, we didn't manage to put the squad together until August the thirty first. <laughs> um, but we did miss a huge amount of time on the grass, um, and you know that you know. You, isn't the, the truth is that you know that you don't get that time back because once the season starts and the game's coming thick and fast you just don't get that block of training and um, which is so important in trying to um you know get over your, your principles um allow players to build relationships and, and and understanding in terms of the game idea i think um it, you know we also didn't have the opportunity to come together as a group the pitch and that's what we're trying to still work on um, now and I think that will be you know a piece of work that we will continually have to work through throughout the season so yeah an ideal world the squad comes together on the 28th of June we don't live in an ideal world it wasn't possible the players that were good enough and competent enough to play for Portsmouth Football Club weren't available to us for the finance that we had in in June so we had to wait and be patient it meant that we had a fragmented pre-season in the respect that we had a lot of trialists. And, you know, the, the reason that we had that number of trialists was really because we had maybe 11 senior players um, on June the 28th. If we only work with 11, we have to go, you know, we have to navigate through pre-season games. And to, to do that with 11 players is almost impossible. Um, the academy... Um, obviously has a new academy manager in Greg Miller we didn't take any um, scholars on from last year's group so, and this year's group are still very young and it's still very very early for them so we weren't in a position really where they could support the first team so the only option was really to, to invite trialists in and of course the benefit of that is that hopefully you can you can, you can find one or two um, rough diamonds if you like that that come through and um, we're in a position that we're able to, to, to sign and they become good players for Portsmouth Football Club. But no, it, it, wasn't, a, it, it wasn't the ideal situation pre-season. We just tried to do the best with the circumstances that we had, ultimately. Um, I think when you're recruiting as many players as we were, again, it's much easier if you're doing that from a platform and you've got a spine of your team and yeah. it, it's more difficult when you have the, the, the numbers to bring in that we did because 
you know, you, you normally have an identity already. You normally have, you know, a playing identity, but also an identity within the change room in terms of personalities and characters. And you know how to piece that all together and exactly what the group needs. When you're doing it from a from from literally a blank blank sheet of paper, that 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 becomes much more difficult. But these these were the circumstances, and we've um we we've navigated through it. I think we've made some really good decisions. Um, I, I, we're definitely pleased with with, with 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 the majority of the work that we've done. The nature of it, if you if you bring as many players as we did, maybe 14, 15, yeah, only eleven can play. So you know that they're not all going to be seen to be a success straight away. And it, it it's always, I think, when you're looking at recruitment and you look at the players, it what does success look like? Because you know, you sign someone like Gavin Bazunu, you know, what does success look like for Gavin? You sign Ryan Tunnicliffe. Well, what does success look for Ryan Tunnicliffe? We know that these are going to be key players that are going to show Noel that are going to be playing most weeks, and we expect to make the team significantly different, uh, significantly better. There are other signings that you are bringing in um, for different reasons. Um, it might be that there's a young player that you're bringing in for development purposes. Um, there might be players that you're bringing in to to help the squad, and you know. You know, you're bringing them in because you know that they're going to be a really good squad player. They might be able to play in a variety of different positions. Um, so whenever you recruit a player, I always think, what do you want from that player? And then judge them off of the back of what success looks like for them. Um, and, you know, some players you're putting, you know, you're investing significant money in and you naturally have higher expectations of them than you do for the player that you are you're bringing in maybe on on a lower wage that offers the group something different, but 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 know what you're bringing them in for, know what success looks like, and then assess your recruitment off the back of that, and that's what we always try to do. One of those development players, Miguel, he had a run out last night, didn't he? What, what were the reports back back fit now? Is he good to go? Yeah, well, the good the good news is that he's he's trained all week. Um, so we had a good chat with with England um, last week and gave him permission to go. Spoke with England, spoke with Arsenal. Um, they he was just coming off the back of his rehab here. He was on the grass, so we knew that he would be ready to train for us. So it made sense for him to go. Um, they they wrapped him up in cotton wool for the first few days. Um, hence the reason he only came off the bench yesterday. But um, I think they've got another game against Czech Republic on Monday and. Yeah. Um, Anticipate that he might start in that, but um, yeah, no, it was it was good. I actually watched I watched Arsenal's under twenty threes on Wednesday night, so I went to Bournemouth in the day, come back, and then went back to Bournemouth in the evening and watched Bournemouth's under twenty threes. The Arsenal's were under twenty threes, so it's always good to um, yeah keep a good eye a good eye on 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 young players at the at the Premier League and Championship clubs because I think. Again, going back to the summer window, one of the toughest things about the summer window is that it was almost impossible last year to get to watch any of these development games because of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, so, it, you know, there's no, nothing better than watching players live when you're making decisions. I never like to recruit a player without watching them live at least uh, on at least a number of occasions. Jack Wilson is at that game, Danny. He's, he's looking for a club at the minute. <laughs> Will yeah, well he yeah he's looked after by Wasserman, isn't he? Yeah, Jack is um he's obviously a very talented player that unfortunately has picked up sort of 
just hasn't had a, hasn't been able to find any rhythm for one reason or another. He's had some injuries, hasn't he? And um, I think he had an Arsenal because he's obviously played for Arsenal and Bournemouth. Yeah. Um, sitting up with the Bournemouth boys in one of the boxes, but he had a, he had an Arsenal jacket on. I, I saw. I think he's been training there, hasn't he? Um, in the in the past couple of months. Yeah. Yeah. So, Do you go uh, to those types of games, Danny, with a player, a specific player that you actually want to watch, or is it you just open minded to see what what it is about there? I think for us, normally, you know, our, our our scouts go out and watch games, identify players, and if they fit the re the, the remit of what we're looking for, then Nikki and I will go out and we'll um or, or our coaching staff will go out and look at the player, look look at the player in a little bit more detail. So yeah, there was there was two or three. In that go four actually that 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 were of interest to us. So yeah, we had a, a gave us a good opportunity to watch them. Who were they, who were they then? <laughs> <laughs> we won't tell anyone, honest. No no no, nobody <laughs> listens to us anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we got Dan, we got we got a few minutes left, uh, just nearing towards wrapping up. I just wanted to ask you about you've moved into your house now. You're ingratiating into the area. What what's what's life like? few at the moment in Portsmouth and what, what do you hope to, to get out of being in the area? Yeah, it's good. Living on the south coast is lovely. So for my children, it just feels like one big holiday because they can they can see the sea from the window. So um from their bedroom window. So that's that's pretty special for them. Um and yeah no we're just immersing our life in in, in sort of Portsmouth in Portsmouth life really. It's a lovely part of the world. The people have been been really good. Um really welcoming um I, I you know it's really interesting actually you look at the porch with kids i've had the opportunity to go out and do some work in the community and coach and which i always enjoy doing and yeah i like the porch with kids they're pretty gritty pretty determined pretty resilient uh it's qualities that, that we always yeah, i always admire in people um so now it's been good to do that um the kids yeah bella my oldest has found a football club, so she's enjoying that. My boy George has got a gymnastics club and he's he enjoyed doing that. They, they've been doing their school is really tough. Their school, they um they work to five o'clock in the evening. So they work really late and they work Saturdays as well. So they're um they're 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 uh, the kids are good, so they they get on with it. They they love school and they love learning and they're pretty curious in their in their nature. So I'm not sure I would have liked it so much when I was young. If my my mum and dad told me I had to go to school till five o'clock and go to Saturday, well, <laughs> but yeah, now they're they're um, they're enjoying it and it's um it's a lovely part of the world for us. So now it's um it's all good. How close are you to Nikki? How far is Nikki's house in relation? Yeah. yeah, we're only about three hundred meters actually. So we always somehow work it out that we can live live in close proximity, which is good because our kids are almost like brothers and sisters rather than cousins. So they're very close. So Nikki's got three and I've got two. So yeah, we we um yeah, we're pretty close to the family, which is which is good. And now I've moved in my house. So mum and dad come to all of our games. So they're um they're able to stay over at ours now as well. So it's all um it's 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 all good. We're um we're we've obviously got a weekend off this weekend. So um it's actually my wife's 40th, but she won't appreciate me telling everyone this. <laughs> next week and I'm feeling the pressure because I've I'm not as organised as I should be, but um, we're off this weekend. So Nicky's going up to Sheffield to watch Sheffield Wednesday, Bolton. And then I, I'm going to um, Ipswich, uh, Ipswich, Shrewsbury. Um, not not Concord at Haven't Waterlooville then? 
No, but that's a really good game. So if any Portsmouth supporters want to go and support the <laughs> then please do. Um, but no, that's a that's a, that's a good uh, that'd be a really good game, and uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure anyone that goes will will see a real uh, two really good teams. But but no no for us we're then going up to Manchester to do something for our pro license, so it's a pretty full on weekend for us. No no rest then, Danny. Um, do you find the balance hard to come by? What? Is the demands of Pompey more than you expected? Do you get much family time? And if you can answer that in one minute, that'd be good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, work-life balance. No, I don't really. I don't really have any balance. If I'm honest, I, I, it's only work if you perceive it to be work. And for us, we wake up every morning blessed to be involved in in, in football and blessed to be involved in such a wonderful club like Portsmouth. So, I think um, yeah, it's only work if you don't enjoy it. And we, we love what we do. Um, we know how much this football club means to so many people and we're going to work relentlessly hard to try to bring the, 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 the club um, the success that it deserves and put some smiles on those, those, those pompy faces. Jordy, I'll let you wrap it up then. I was going to say, it's like working for you. I feel blessed working for you, Mark. It's, it's exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Daddy, um, pleasure to chat as ever. Real great insight, um, both inside and outside of the game. So uh, thanks, for, thanks for joining us and, and giving us your time. My pleasure. Lovely Thank speaking you, darling. you have a great weekend. You too, Daddy. Enjoy F-Sweat Shrewsbury. Thank you for listening and don't forget to subscribe to the Portsmouth News website for everything you need to know about Pompey.